let's let's just uh, hello everybody good morning welcome to episode 41 of maker that money i am pooch of Repcord. welcome if you're in the chat give us a high sign we're, we're trying some new stuff on the youtube stream here uh we got our little bumper thing but want to make sure our audio and video is coming in uh clear so give us our thumbs up if we we've got it on the pod today, I'm very, very honored, excited to have our guest with us, Mr. David Tobin of AudioJack, CEO of AudioJack, also executive producer of the 3D Printing Nerd channel. Uh, so man of many talents, wears many hats and stuff like that, and we're going to get into it with him in just a moment, talking about finding the right people, finding people that get it, you know, when you need to just take it on and do it yourself. So stay tuned for that. Andrew, as always, king of uh, 3D glue. Good morning, my friend. Good to see you. Good morning. Yes, good to see you. How are you? Uh, I am doing well, and uh, I'm I'm really excited. It's uh, we're we're rounding out. We're heading into Christmas. We're heading into the holidays. Yep. Got the holiday spirit, Mr. David Tobin. Week left of 22. <laughs> how are How are you? Are you getting ready? Are you feeling the holiday spirit, my friend? Yeah, just uh, jamming along here. Yes, John, we are just waking up over here. Actually, I was up really late last night. I cooked a huge Hanukkah dinner for my brother, his family, and all of that, and my dad and everyone last night. So I was up very late last night cleaning. I even sliced my thumb like a champ. So it's a real meal, which is awesome. You hate to see it. uh, And all that good stuff. So uh, yeah, I am very much ready for the holidays. Fantastic, fantastic. Nice. Well, listen for people that are that are new tuning in here and uh, haven't met you before. Why don't you just give everybody a quick feel of who you are, what do you do, what's Audio Jack, what's three D printing nerd? But we got newbies here all the time. Sure, yeah, absolutely. So um, I've been, uh, I guess, uh, two different things. Like I've been uh, running a company I created uh, for a number of years called Audio Jack. Audio Jack is, if you look it up, you go to audiojack.com. It's in audio jack it's the name of the company and the product i like to be confusing you know i just wanted to go <laughs> the next brand right off the bat sure hey, Bill. So, uh who's that in there oh hey uh, i can see the chat now hey how are you um and uh an audio jack itself is an audio based movie so you listen to it and there's no words there's no video and there's no music it's all sound design it's hundreds and hundreds of sounds that are edited together to tell a story for your imagination so you listen to it and you close your eyes and you might hear the wind and trees blowing and, you know, uh, some feet walking and a door opens. Well, your imagination turns on and you create a narrative based on what you're hearing, but we never tell you what the story is. So there's never a wrong answer mm. app with tons of different categories and activities. It's used in education programs around the world because, you know, if I break this water glass, it doesn't go le break in France. It's sure. So we created a universal <laughs> platform for people to engage. Uh, the federal program for the blind in the U.S. uses it. Tons of programs. We work with um, that's a know, science programs, uh, World Wildlife Fund. We wow. work in China. We work with programs all over the world. And yeah. then, um, huh? I, I was going to say, I, I've I've used it. It's awesome. You guys need to check it out. It's AudioJack.com, right? And there's, yeah, uh, yeah, I believe there's, there's, there's some, some free. There's some free ones people can check out and get a sense of it. Yeah. I remember doing like a like a sports themed one, like a baseball one or something like that at one point. Ooh, that's cool. Yeah. Uh, and then you, you've had some partnerships with like Bose where there was some integration with maybe some hardware and stuff as well. Am I right? Yeah, on that? With Bose. Um, so I did a talk at, uh, and I am feeling, I, it's cold in here. I'm putting my stocking hat. <laughs> oh, I'm, not, I'm a California boy. I'm up here and it's like a high of 40. So that's cold. 
Uh, We're negative five right now. Yeah, we get the hey, superstar. I'm originally from Chicago, and I don't miss the stuff, dude. Like I am, I, I, don't I miss it. Traded my my goose down for board shorts. Uh, nice. <laughs> That's a deal. That's a deal. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know what's up, Peach? Um, but yeah, we. Um, so I did a, a talk about the importance of the imagination in South by Southwest, and did a whole thing. And after it was done, the uh, lead development team from Bose was there. And they're like, look, we want to work with you. We have a new innovation. They brought me over and they showed me. And this was the, the beginning of their AR um, elements in oh, their wow. apps. And so we created, I worked with Bose for years, creating audio jacks. When you use their AR um, software, and there's certain ones in here that as you're listening to audio jack, and all of a sudden maybe you hear like an explosion over here. And if you turned your head, the story would then shift. And so it became a choose your own adventure based on different audio that you would hear in different so parts. Cool. Wow. And yeah. so instead of having one story, there were 25 stories within a single audio jack. Yeah. And all of this stuff. So we did a whole launch with Bose and I worked with them for a number of years and um, stuff like that. But, you That's know, people, when the pandemic hit, we found a whole new user base of people who, you know, if you wake up in the middle of the night and you can't go back to bed. Yeah. Or playing an audio Guilty. jack. Because the thing about an audio jack is that it, we've done a lot of work on the science of this as well, too, just to be very generic. I know we got to get to some other stuff here, but um, we work with UC Riverside's brain program. We work with other medical programs to show how the imagination allows us to deal with stress throughout the day um, because we're in the always on generation now. Right. And you instead of having time to like daydream and let your mind wander, we pull out this thing and we start stagnating mm -hmm. that process. And when you daydream, you get a light form of REM activity in your mind as opposed to like sleeping, but you still get a light form. And what that does is that refreshes your brain throughout the day. And when you don't uh -huh. do that, you stagnate the process and it all comes back at night when you're laying down and you get insomnia, anxiety and all that. So you listen to the audio jack and your mind focuses on the story and the fatigue of your body takes over and you fall asleep with no drugs. You know, that's, <laughs> that's really interesting. And, and honestly, like I think a lot of people could benefit from, from yeah. like unplugging oh, yeah. and and trying to focus, you know, zombie zombie hedgehog in the in the chat saying like he, they can't pay attention to movies, and so that sounds really interesting. And it's I think it's good. We could we could definitely use some different sensory stimulation given how oh, yeah. visual we are in this day and age. Uh, so you have the best, have the best you, movie playing in your head all the time. You just have to <laughs> relax and let it happen. You know, that's a great way to put it. And I got to tell you, man, you have such a fantastically refined, perfect elevator pitch for like what what <laughs> that is. And 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 yep. I, and I, I, I'm, I'm serious about that. I think that's really important in business to to tell the story, whether, you know, you know, of your own business in in a, in a way that people can, you know, really mm -hmm. relate to. Um, and that, that takes some time to perfect, obviously, and think about like, okay, what's, what's going to really like hook people in? Cause in a way, and you do this in, in a lot of your other gig now as a producer too, so it's, it's all about finding those, those sexy hooks that really engage people. Um, and we're going to, mm -hmm. you know, I, man, we could talk forever on yeah. a multitude of different <laughs> topics and stuff. So, so maybe instead of digressing into that, yeah. let's do a little housekeeping. Let's, uh, let's get our, let's get our, uh, let's get those wins. Actions. We're going to talk <laughs> yeah, about Yeah. Wins. That's for another show. We'll talk about the mind and getting the head right for another Oh, show. so much great stuff there though, man. I'm excited. Yeah. I'm excited for that. Um, okay. So, uh, as always, welcome to maker of that money, the podcast where we talk about turning your hobby into your jobby. So yeah. we are, 
Uh, super excited about entrepreneurialism. We also are each makers, uh, and we make a multitude of different things, whether it's uh, audio experiences or uh, adhesives for your 3D printing or storage uh, solutions and furniture for your 3D printing and whatnot. Uh, that we all kind of have different expertise, uh, and we welcome you that are uh, those of you that are joining us. On YouTube, we try to record here every Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific. If you're listening back and you want to join us uh, on the chat, feed us questions and comments, we encourage you to do so. Uh, you can find us on uh, uh, YouTube.com slash RepCord. We also have a little, we're a call-in show, believe it or not. So there's a link right above my head uh, for those that are brave enough <laughs> to call in. Uh, Maker That Money Hotline. Uh, is uh, the MTM hotline is open and, and waiting if you want to chat with us that way. That's another way to engage. Uh, but uh, greetings. Uh, I've seen a lot of familiar faces in the chat. I'm seeing some new people. And uh, I hope you guys are all uh, gearing up for some good R&R, taking some time for yourselves, spending some time with your families in this holidays and stuff like that. But we're happy to have you with us, uh, despite the fact that it is holiday season right now. Um yeah. Let's talk about some wins, guys. Uh, we yeah. like to start the show uh, being positive and optimistic, and we like to share things uh, ourselves that have worked for us in this past week. And I encourage you to do the same in the chat. Share your wins with us. Uh, David, we're going to put you on the spot this morning. You got to pick <laughs> one. You have to pick just one now because okay. I know you got a lot of wins, man. I know you're tacking up the W's. It's, all I do is win, baby. It's just wins. <laughs> just win, baby, win. What's a win for the week? <laughs> Let's go. I'm a Bears fan, but Raider Nation, man, for that. Uh, I would say the biggest win we've had and I've had recently has to come from uh, last week from the uh, charity live stream that 3D Pretty Nerd did that we put together. Like that's that incredible. Yeah. Joel and I had a call about like setting. He's like, I'm going to set our goal at $10,000. I'm like, that's a lot. And he goes, I know, but I think like we're going to be on for a while. I think, you know, I think it'll come through. And I go, okay, let's give it a shot. What a trip. $45,000. 4.5x. Not only yeah. not only that, you hit the 10 before you guys like could even get through the technical issues at the yeah. beginning of the stream. I was yep. with you for most of it. And it was just such an enjoyable. I mean, obviously like, you know, Joel is just such a, a energetic, positive person and then he had you guys had Bender doing the telethon piece yep. as well mm-hmm. and it was just such a great thing. If you guys are not familiar with what I'm talking about, on the 3D Printing Nerd channel, which David is the executive producer for, they had, like, seriously the best holiday giveaway stream. They gave away over, what, $70,000 worth of stuff? Am I right, yeah. David? Is that right? Over 75000 Actually, it's technically more because during the stream. I mean, That's right. My phone. Yeah, there was, like, printers and everything, like, yeah. being thrown in. Everyone <laughs> was trying to hit up, oh, I want to do this now, I want to do this now. And we're like, we could fit a couple yeah. extras in and stuff like that. But, like, there's... Next year is going to be crazy. Oh, I can't only imagine. So, yeah. So not only did you guys get a ton of awesome sponsors donating great stuff, like giveaways, just nonstop. You guys went for six hours, right? Yeah. Joel is a beast. Mm-hmm. I, I can't like just the amount of endurance that 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 takes uh, to do and then not lose. And I talked to him the next day and he was like, yeah, I actually feel remarkably OK. So the guy's got some endurance and is well trained <laughs> yeah. for these types well, of we things. We've got in a really good groove now. I mean, Joel yeah. and I have been you know, friends for almost 20 years. And yeah. so when things happen, it's like, okay, there's a solution. Let's just figure it out. Not freak out. Yeah. 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 Nice. yeah. So that's my win. That's my win was us uh, being able to, you know, give that amount of money to the children's hospital. 
That's right. Uh, Seattle Children's Hospital was the, the yeah, beneficiary. Uncom uncompensated care fund, which is for people who can't afford care. There is a fund set up to make sure that you don't have to stress out about certain things. Um, and this helps supply that. And a total raised um, for the event was $475,000. Wow. Almost a half mil, guys. I mean, that... We brought 10% of the total. But That's incredible. Incredible. <laughs> and what's interesting about that, and, and I think it's such a neat story when you pair like kind of tra traditional ter terrestrial radio um, with with this new, you know, stream and stuff. And I, I'm, I'm curious... Uh, yeah. What what Bender and and that that what his feels are on this because I know that it brought in an audience that they just don't necessarily get to see a lot of time. Like there's a much bigger international oh, yeah. crowd, obviously associated with with Joel and 3D printing nerd, and and that's just like one kind of you know niche thing. So you figure you get a couple of these things, you have this like an amazing ability to like get some phenomenal outreach. Well, that's that's a big part of it, and that's a reason why I wanted to bring in the guests why we had people popping in, why we mm -hmm. had, you know, Joe Crucia pop in. We had, you know, by the way, which I put him on the chat earlier because he was going <laughs> to come later and he was testing it. And I'm like, nah, put me on now. So, <laughs> Surprise. Yeah, he was, he was like, he was getting ready to go to bed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, but that's really it. Like I listen to, um, I listen to a lot of rock stations all over the world because I love listening to local radio stations. There's a big rock station in Wisconsin, uh, JJO, and they did this huge fundraiser for, uh, for uh, military vets. And they had Metallica giving away a guitar, Hal Storm, oh, wow. and all these people or whatever. That radio Whoa. station's total fund raised, their total raise was $40,000. And so, you, guys, you guys did better than that with just the stream. Yeah. With that. And, yeah. None, and then and none of the celebrity stuff. And it's really interesting to think about that, that if you take this you know, online element and create it correctly, you could really amplify these efforts. And so I wondered, like, wow, what else can we do? Yeah. Yeah. All right, Andrew. Awesome. Andrew, you're up. What are your what's your win, my friend? <laughs> uh, you know, uh, we we've been working on some new materials. Um, so, you know, making progress on on that sort of stuff. Um, some you new know, science sauce just, in the works? Yeah, well, yeah, some new science sauce, but I think more generically, let's call them materials. <laughs> Ooh, okay. Okay, materials. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. you know, overall good stuff. Um, you know, and uh, I guess, you know, just making it through another week, right? <laughs> you know what? Sometimes yeah. that's a win in of itself, right? Um, yeah. I'm going to share mine. Uh, we do a ton of laser cutting, as many of you may already know, uh, for, for a lot of the kits that we put together. And it's it's one of the coolest and most frustrating tools there there really is out there. And it's an interesting tool set to leverage because... Like, I don't feel like I've seen a lot of good example of of large-scale industrial... And I know there are industrial lasers out there, and I know that, the, you know, there... But, like, a lot of that's in, like, kind of the metalworking and fabrication space and stuff. And so I don't feel like I have a, a lot of good resources for, like, understanding how to scale and, and do stuff efficiently. So we have to kind of write the, our own book and learn as we go, which is mm -hmm. honestly part of the fun of it. I, I enjoy that. Mm -hmm. But we had a big win this week where we kind of came up with a new um, templating system and alignment system so that we could get a perfect uh, uh, zero, zero alignment every time. And as silly as that probably sounds to you guys, one of the failings <laughs> of the motion systems on these lasers 
uh, is that it, it uses, and, and it, it could just be these, um, the grade of laser I'm using. I mean, I would call it, you know, a semi-industrial, you know, these are like fifteen to $20,000 machines, so they're not cheap. But mm -hmm. um, they're still using a lot of the same off-the-shelf stuff that we see in 3D printing. For example, the end stops on these motion systems for the lasers are using just mechanical rocker switches, the same as we'd seen on our, you mm -hmm. know, CR10s and, and and whatnot. And one of them uses a um, a um, inductive, you know, as well. So they they, mm -hmm. they use the same kind of tech yeah but what's interesting about that is in this application with the the speeds that it's moving it's it's actually imperfect in its homing process where it can be off by like a millimeter to two millimeters sometimes not maybe not quite two but mil to a mil and a half in 3d printing that doesn't really matter because you're very rarely using the entire bed and you probably wouldn't notice if you're not homing in the exact same spot every time mm -hmm. you don't really need that millimeter precision when you're laser cutting, you do like the kerf of a laser is like less yeah. than a tenth of a millimeter if you're focused. I mean, it, it varies depending on stuff. But mm -hmm. um, for example, if I want to take a, no a part of known dimension and cut an exact hole in it in a specific spot, it's absolutely critical that I know where my zero zero is. And, sure. and so these systems like haven't been in place. And at some point, my, my goal for 2023 is to do a little bit more content, maybe some shorts around some of these little tips and tricks that we've done ourselves that we can share. And uh, and I, I'll do some video of it to kind of explain what we did. But anyway, it was a big win for us because now it allows me to like if we had a failed cut, I can take the part, I can put it back in and I have a good template for like dead nuts getting that whole recut that might not have cut through completely or something like that. Yeah. So I'm going to, I'm going to take that as awesome. my W this week. Okay. Nice. Awesome. Right. Retired. Bravo no. to your win. <laughs> nice. Thank you. Thank you I for the, you both. thank you. <laughs> uh, let me share a couple wins from the chat real quick because uh, we're an interactive show here. Uh, let's yeah. see. Uh, Mihao, good to see you, my friend. He says, uh, win been experimenting with CF nylon and PLA. Uh, so I'm assuming he means nice. CFPLA as well. Finally launching some new products that take advantage of that. That's fantastic, man. Uh, first I, of all, anything nylon is never easy to necessarily work with. Nylon is a kind of a finicky material. You got to keep it dry, um, but it's got some really awesome mechanical properties and strengths and stuff. And if you can do it well, and especially when you get that that finish, that that surface, mm -hmm. that layer, that aesthetic of that carbon fiber and the way that hides the layer lines and stuff. Um, you can just get some really cool top tier looking stuff out of it. David, have oh, yeah. you played with any of the carbon fiber stuff yet? Yeah. Uh, well, we've in the studio, I mean, we worked with, like I've done, you know, CFPLA and stuff like that and other elements from that. Um, the carbon uh, from bamboo has, you know, mm -hmm. a carbon has a, has a nice one I used with that, but we've worked with real. Yeah. You, you guys know, work with, like some... with the Marshall mm -hmm. Purge. Oh yeah. With, with um, yeah. objects, working with that company with Thor sent over. Like if you look, there's an episode where we uh, tested, we've done this many times, testing the weight of the full Joel. Yeah. And uh, we had a bunch of carabiners. I think they were carabiners or they're frogs. The locks were like um, climbing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's out a bunch of different materials and then we used some from the actual, you know, fiber from impossible objects. They sent us some and it was really cool to be able to kind of get into that. And then we have some, projects coming up in the in the new year that are going to involve that even more because i yeah. think it's becoming more nice. price now. yeah 
And and you guys are lucky because, like you said, you get some really really high end machines. So like mm-hmm. those Mark Four, like that's legit carbon fiber layup, like mechanical yeah. strength stuff. I think a lot of the the more consumer grade CF, I I it does add some like some rigidity and some stiffness. But I think when we traditionally think of carbon fiber, we're thinking about carbon fiber layups yeah. and strength mm-hmm. weight. Uh, and, and in the context of consumer grade CF stuff, when you're talking about PLA and, and pet G and CF nylons and stuff like that, uh, a lot of it can be a little bit more of an aesthetic piece as well too. So it's really interesting stuff and it's always good to see people playing with new materials yeah. and finding, finding good product out of it. So good win there. Mm-hmm. One more win from the chat, Alex Gibson. Uh, he's been in his office now, new office now, nine months. Congrats on that. Really, sh- uh, starting to find some, uh, weekly wins and compounding and things are getting tidier and more efficient every month. That's good. Nice. Organization is so key. So key. Mm -hmm. man. That's great, Alex. I'm happy for you there. Uh, Thanks for sharing your wins, guys. That's that's good. Um, All right. You guys ready? We need to get into the meat and potatoes. And David, I'm hoping maybe you can give a little background of like how we came to this topic. Yeah. Because you saw the, the show last week and you called me up and said, hey, what if we talk about this? I know you're really excited about this. Give us like, what what are we yeah. going to talk about today? Sure. So Joel and I were talking. So like for those who don't know, I'm the executive producer of the show 3D Pretty Nerd that Joel created. Uh, a little background, Joel Telling and I have been friends for I think it's 18 years now. I keep saying 17. So that's awesome. And hey, yeah. good morning, everyone that is joining the chat. Nice to see your beautiful faces. Courtney's here. My head. I see Courtney. What up? <laughs> uh, and everyone else I missed. Uh, hey, Grant. We can start, we can start uh, now. And, uh, all that. And so um, I've been a TV producer for over 20 years. Uh, worked on everything from like Dance with the Stars, Biggest Loser, to Ice Loves Coco, to Pet Finder, to all sorts of obscure shows and things wow. like that. <laughs> and uh, when Joel got into 3D printing, I think it's like seven years ago or something like that, his family got him a 3D printer for Christmas and he started making, you know, creating the channel. I would, little tips and stuff here on occasion. But then I told him when he was really getting into it, if you ever want to take this seriously, let me know. I got your back. All right. And sure enough, I'm producing a show for Netflix. Uh, it's called Next in Fashion. Season two is about to come out. And uh, I get a call from him. And he's like, yo, I quit my job at Adobe. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> We're <laughs> doing, doing this. Oh, and so that was like three and a half years ago. And I jumped on board here. And so the other day, Joel and I were talking um, about some projects we have coming up. And we were getting into it and uh, it um, I'm like, you know what? It's just like, sometimes people realize in business, they think like, Oh, everyone's working toward the same goal. Everyone's doing this. But yeah. in reality, in reality, mm-hmm. you're might be moving light speed because you have your goals and stuff on there, but the other people out there are going to go at their own pace and they're not going to go as fast. You'll find someone at a company or a contact, or hopefully your partner, your team is moving at the same pace. Mm-hmm. Right. But the rest of it to me, it's like, feel it's going to feel like you're running with mud up to your knees like it's going to be mm. that of it with other people because you're trying to push them but other people have other agendas going on who knows what's going on at their company and their personal life sure they actually mm-hmm. are passionate about the job they're at or they're just doing the job and you have to work with them and coordinate and i think a lot of that was like you know i said something mm-hmm. different, f it but i'm like we'll just do it ourselves like like you put yeah. that thanos uh gif in there like I'm gonna have to do it I'm yes like, you know, yeah. like, that's yeah. what it is it's like <laughs> That's how we've built half of this. I mean, like Joel didn't just say like, oh, I got to get all these people to make a YouTube show. He just went and made it and did mm-hmm. it and turned it into something. And then I've been able to build on that and turn it into something. But along the way, there's so many other people we work with. And it's like, let's hustle. Let's mm-hmm. get it going. Let's go 
no, we want to hit this. There's because we can see all these things, but it may not be on their agenda. Right. And so we got sure. into that. And Joel's like, that's a great topic. You should hit up Pooch. And I said, let's do it. And, I that's called you. and here we are. And here we are. <laughs> <laughs> we got something done. I got, I got to tell you, man, nice. like there's just so many different, uh, <laughs> so much tasty morsels within what you're talking about there. And it's any entrepreneur, I think, can mm -hmm. really resonate one with the feeling like mission number one that we always hear is like, just do it right. Just get it done. Like, mm -hmm. like ideas are worth nothing without execution. Like sometimes yep. you just got to do it, but right. We've, we've heard the saying before. Um, you know, if you, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. Right. And so how do you meld those two concepts where, you know, yeah, there are successful businesses where you're a solo indie entrepreneur and stuff like that. But at some point, if you're a business, you're going to need to rely on other people, whether they're your customers, mm -hmm. whether they're your vendors, whether they're your partner, you know, and and so it's it's tough because we as founders a lot of the time want to just, uh, you know what, I'm just going to do it myself because nobody has ever feels like they're moving at the mm -hmm. speed that your mind is moving. Like you're inside your own head a lot of the time, right? Mm -hmm. And so reconciling those two things and just – it's not clear and, and your ability to communicate like where you are and where you want to be and the pace that you're going is an art in and of itself. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, so, so Dave, my David, my first question for you then is like, how, how do you reconcile those two? How do you like kind of start to learn like when it is right to go and just get it done yourself versus like, you know what, maybe I'm going to be better off delegating or being patient here and slowing down. All right. Uh, well, so I'm also, and you guys know me, uh, I said, I come up with like really weird analogies, but it's like, you know, build a vehicle that's going to take your car far, you know, take your business far. It's like your vehicle is going like in this scope of things, build yourself a convertible. That way people can jump in and jump out really easy as you're booking it down the road All because right. you're going to need mm -hmm. people in at different places. I know it's super cheesy, but I'm just preparing for when I'm a dad someday and I could get my, my dad jokes in, but it's, <laughs> you know, it's, it's that element of it. It's like, you know it's, it's that part of it. It's that element of like, you have to, it goes back to everything. I mean, it's so cliche, but you have to have a good plan. You have to have goals. You have to have your long-term goals, your short-term goals. You have to write stuff down all the stuff you learned in fourth grade. You have to keep doing because guess what? It works. It's like a real thing, you know? It works. And so it's one of those elements of like, I think I just go. I mean, you've known me for, I'm just like all gas, no brakes. And like, <laughs> yeah, you know, we're just going to keep doing stuff, but I keep things in mind where it's almost modular. We're like, here's where the project's going. And then if I reach out to these people and if they can help along the way, great. And if they can't, or they come in later, I look at like, okay, how can I reconfigure that? But I think mm -hmm. part of it is just being honest with yourself mm -hmm. that, and not putting expectations on other people, especially mm -hmm. people that you're working with. That's because tough. It's, it's unfair. It's unfair. It's just like if you get in an argument with someone, mm -hmm. it's like, I can't be, I can't control the way you feel about something. Like if, if you hate this hat, mm -hmm. I you hate my hat, but I can't control that. Yeah. But you have to understand mm -hmm. that mentality with someone. And I think that's really a key component of business, especially when you're starting out on your own. Mm -hmm. I mean, when I created audio, mm -hmm. Jack, I was telling people like, I'm going to make a thing. And there's no video and there's no music and there's no talking. It's all sound effects. Right. Those people thought I was nuts and were like, <laughs> no. so I had to like work with a buddy and how to do this. I mean, Joel actually, this is how, how long have been friends with Joel. Joel built the first version of the app of Audio Jack with PhoneGap like 
a bazillion years ago for me. Wow. wow. I, didn't know, I don't think I knew that. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Joel's a genius. So, but he was able to do that, <laughs> you know, and like, it's, it's that element of like, okay, you know, I'm going to have to do it on my own. But along the way, I try to find strategic partners. Uh-huh. I try to find people and I look at like their business models. And I try to put myself in the headspace of other people because I want to look at like, okay, where are they going? What are they trying to do? Okay. Mm-hmm. How can I get into that? And mm-hmm. does this work for their vertical? Maybe it does. Maybe it doesn't. Also, I don't try to sell people ever mm-hmm. on stuff like that. You make a great product and you tell people, here's where I'm going. I'm going to go do this. Do you want to come help out? Do you want to join or do you want to be there when I'm done? Yeah. And, you get, mm-hmm. and you're like, cool, I'm going to go. And then it's all of a sudden, it's like your friends are like, dude, where's Dave? Oh, he went to that party. Crap, man, what are we doing here? We're on the couch. Let's go, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And they either come or they're like, this couch is really comfy. I'll see you later, man. <laughs> That's fine. And your, you point, your point is so well taken. Like, that one, you're not going to control what ultimately people are going to do. And so you're better off not stressing about that as best as you can. That is not an easy thing in practice, though, at least for, mm-hmm. for me. I know I I'm guilty. <laughs> I, I, str- I think we, I think we all do. Um, and especially when I think in the world of, of business and entrepreneurship, um, you know, the stakes feel really high, right? Like I, I'm like, mm-hmm. Hey, this is, this is my living, man. This is like important to me. Yeah. And it, it's tough when you feel like people maybe aren't respecting your time in the same way or, or not, but, but that's, that's oftentimes on us, right? Because it's like, well, a lot of people just don't care if, if you do mm-hmm. or do, do not do the thing. And you have to figure out who those key players are yeah. and understand what the mm-hmm. stakes are, right? Andrew, mm-hmm. I, I want to I kick it over to you here for a second. And maybe you can sure. share some some experience in terms of your, your interactions with people, whether it's people that you are working with directly, like in your business mm-hmm. or a lot of sure. times your like your vendors and, and your mm-hmm. customers. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, uh, before I, you know, dive into it, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna kick it back to, uh, an author that I always recommend Jim Collins. Good to great. Oh, yeah. That's a good book. It's the, it's, it's, it comes down to the question of first who, then what? Um, you know, getting the right people on the bus, the wrong people off the bus and the right people in the right seats of that bus to take you somewhere where you want to go. Um, and you might not know that exact destination. Is your, bu- um, your bus should you know, be a convertible though, as I understand it. So it's like, just I chop mean, the top sure. off that bus. <laughs> <laughs> let's do it. Let's do it. Let's, let's modify that analogy a bit. Convertible sure. buses. <laughs> Sounds awesome. Yeah. So, you know, um, generally speaking, uh, when it comes down to like, you know, things that I've done, you know, in the past, um, you know, in my previous startup, uh, I had, you know, I was faced with this, uh, this, you know, predicament, if you will, where I was constantly like trying to add momentum to this flywheel, trying, you know, to work, you know, like crazy long hours, you just pushing myself to the extreme. And then also, you know, when I would have people come in and say, Hey, this is really cool. We want to help. And, you know, they weren't able to produce at either the same level or, you know, they weren't as enthusiastic as I was, you know, I kind of took that as a, you know, Oh, well, Hey, you know, that's, you know, like, why do I want to be working with them? Like they're, you know, like kind of David's analogy where I'm like, you know, running through a giant pile of mud and it's like slowing me down, you know, like, like, screw these guys. I'm going to go do this thing myself anyways. Right. And it wasn't until, you know, it was a little bit too late in in some cases where I realized, like, I can't do this all on my own. 
Um, and so I think it's a trap that you know, a lot of us maker entrepreneurs are going to fall into in many cases. And I, I still fall into it even, even today where it's like, oh, well, you know what? Uh, I'm going to do this myself because I can't make this work or someone else isn't working for me. Um, you know, so, something else isn't, you know, going the way that we need it to. I'll just, you know, get it done. And then, uh, you know, you basically set up essentially into a downward spiral where if you're constantly doing all of these things, you're yeah. fragmented. You're doing too many things all at once and you need someone to help support that. Now, yes, maybe they might not be the perfect person, mm. but it's who you have access to right now. And you have to kind of learn to, you know, work around and manage that. Um, and, you know, it's OK, again, if they're not the right person for that seat at this moment. Um, or mm. I'm sorry, not for the long term, but for the moment. If yeah. they're helping you move forward, you know, keep it going. Um, you know, we had some resellers like here at Gloop that our values were not aligned. And we managed and kept with it until the point where it just it wasn't going to work anymore. And we said, you know what? This is it. We, we've got it. We've got to end it here because, you know, ultimately it just wasn't working out. Um, and mm. it's, you know, in, in business, you have to learn when to say, okay, enough is enough in some cases, a um, tough one. you know, yeah. like these people are holding you back in some case and that's okay. It's okay to be that honest and say, it's yeah. time to move forward. Time to go in a different direction. David, what are so, your, th what are your thoughts on that? Uh, well, first of all, I'm sorry if it's loud in the background, this machine is like going nuts right now. <laughs> it's like, got the bamboo going. I can hear it. Yeah, I know it's not even on ludicrous speed is I'm trying to. I'm currently 3D printing a full chess set with a board and uh, cases for my niece. She's seven and loves chess and doesn't have a chess set. So is I that have... the board in the background we're seeing? What is, are we seeing the board in the background there? No, no, that's actually a uh, poster a... with my. Oh, that's a poster. Okay, all right. I th I got excited <laughs> here. I was like, dang, that's a big board, man. <laughs> the board is uh, the board is downstairs with a bottle of loop. Oh, oh, <laughs> look at that. Yeah, I've heard and of that I also, stuff. this year, just real quick, uh, getting into that. Uh, sorry, let's not get off that. But Andrew, I'll tell you other Gloop stories. No, you're fine. <laughs> for those listening <laughs> to the podcast. I made, I made so many 3D printed presents this year, and I used Gloop for all of it. Isn't so. it Oh, isn't nice. It, isn't it the best tool for making presents? 3D printers are fantastic for making gifts, guys. I use I use 3D printing world's uh, present design, and we're going to start selling those in the store, too, now, and doing different colors and stuff like that. But people flipped out over them. Oh, yeah. Those things nice. are fantastic. Yeah. Shout out anyway, 3D printing Anyway, sorry yeah. to, get, to go off topic about this, but sorry, your question again. Yeah, no, I was just, you know, uh, Andrew brought up some really interesting stuff about, like, when to identify, like, what's, what's yeah. right at a given moment in time. Like, you work with the people that you have and the resources that you have in a moment of time and hopefully you learn but then sometimes you have to learn when to cut bait so yeah. what are your thoughts well with people or with clients because it's different because as we all know mm -hmm. it takes a lot of money to bring on an employee sure uh, mm -hmm. you know, and there's that element of it and the onboarding of a vendor or a client is different in structure so it sure. really it's gonna. It comes down to the ROI element of it. Um, mm -hmm. And real quick, yes, I got some great purples for whoever asked in the chat. Yes, that's Liz. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah Liz. Oh, hey, Liz. Yeah, sorry, my 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 chat window is really small. Um, but uh, <laughs> yeah, for me, it it really depends. Like I've I try to always give my employees the benefit of the doubt and the people that I work with with vendors because there's other people. So I used to manage the Roxy Theater, which is a, uh, a music venue on the Sunset Strip. It's a historic venue. If you guys aren't familiar, go check it out. It's wonderful. I started running that when I was 22. I was given the keys at a young age. 
and they gave wow. me upstairs to on the rocks the private club and then i managed help manage downstairs but part of that was managing a lot of different personalities from staff to waitresses to dealing with the head of universal records to oh, all wow. these other people and stuff and dealing with all that and sometimes you have to kind of grin and bear it and sometimes you have to look at employees and be like okay mm -hmm. how can i be creative with this person's skill set or if they, like i had one employee and he would never show up to work on time and he had the worst excuses and so <laughs> i started writing them all down uh -huh. and i said wow and he showed up late one day and i'm like oh man hey wait before you get to it i gotta tell you the story and i had combined every single story he had ever told me about being late and put it into one story for him oh my god and he looked at me like that's so passive go, aggressive oh dude <laughs> it was, he was also like six and a half feet tall security guard uh, -huh. uh -huh. so i had to be smart with this and he looked at me and gave me a look and he's like and i said dude if you're late one more time you're out sorry can't do it anymore that's a and great gift. Like, Here's a gift of all your excuses for the year. He was never late Bound. again, though. He was never late again because he knew I was calling him out on all his BS. Wow. And it's like, if you know it's BS, like if it's real, like you can tell when people are doing that. And so that's like an mm -hmm. example. But yeah. I think you have to manage your mental stress because if you're thinking about it and it's causing a problem to you, then yep. it's affecting the same budget that would be going into hiring someone new. Like you have to look at this and bringing people in on that level. And like, how's it affecting your stress and your productivity? Yeah. And so I think it's an evaluation. Sure. A absolutely. Uh, and the human element, I've said this before on the pod, but I, I, I have to just repeat yeah. it because it just bears repeating that the human element is probably the hardest part in my mind of, of what we do as a business, because it's yeah. so unpredictable and variable and, yeah. and mm -hmm. even the best of, of people that you're working with, like time is always that X factor because life changes for everybody. Right. And they oh, may yeah. be a perfect, great person. And then all of a sudden they, um, they suffer a loss in their family or, or they get, mm -hmm. go through a breakup and, and now all of a sudden they're just like, they're not showing up either mentally, physically, wh whatever. And you have to be able to do that. And so that's, I think that's what drives a lot of people into or, or away from a lot of times the, you know, business world, because it's so hard to manage that sometimes. And if you don't have the skills and believe me, it's an mm -hmm. ongoing, like you, you kind of have to be a student of psycho human psychology and the human condition to some extent. You have yeah. to have, you have to have good communication skills. You have to have patience. You have to have the ability to figure out what mm -hmm. it is that makes these people tick so that you can get as much productivity or the best of them that you can. Well, uh, it's, it's, it's mm -hmm. exactly. It's like what we were talking about before on the call. Sorry, I'm also loading filament. Uh, <laughs> Go about your thing. day. It's fine. <laughs> I just, it's just crazy. It's for my niece. She's seven. I know. Um, I know. But uh, by the way, I we have to talk about this later. But I showed a five, a four, five, and seven year old a 3D printer, and their minds. Isn't like, that <laughs> so I've fun? Never thought of. Yeah. Anyway. Um, but yeah, I think it goes back to what we're saying. It's like, it's empathy. It's, it's understanding mm -hmm. and being empathetical in everything. Cause empathy is this ability to connect to people and put yourself in their position. And before you react or whatever, it's always think about it. Like, wow, you know, has this person been consistent and now there's some anomaly here. Okay. Right. Well, I need to understand that. Okay. Or is it consistently like this? And then, you know, understand where right. they're coming from and being in the moment with people because that's what it's about. Like you said, you know, you don't know what's going on in their life or how it's affecting them. And it all needs to connect at some point. 
It, it, it really does. Mm-hmm. And and you need to ask those questions and all this stuff. And uh, there's a lot of people that would say, like, oh, I shouldn't have to do that or whatever. If you look, listen, not everybody has management skills. So if you mm-hmm. identify that that's a weakness of yours, you know, maybe it's worth it for you to hire a general manager for what you're doing. I, I don't yeah. know. I know that especially when we talk about bootstrapping and uh you know we're, we all i think david you're bootstrapped right you don't you didn't come from venture funding on any of your stuff or do, or do you have investors or is it your yours okay for audio jack i had it for audio jack i got it in, i bootstrapped it and then i had a friend of mine who was consulting with me okay and he gave us some funds for a project but that was it and okay. that's the only money everything else has been uh through sales that's how i started it was like you know, yep. that element and through 3d printing nerd. I mean, that's been just sure. through what we created or, organic, organic having. growth though. It's not like you guys, yeah. you know, went out and saw it. So, and I, and I bring that in for context because obviously when, when that's the road you're taking, you know, resources are limited. And so it's like, you don't have the luxury of just being able to hire for whatever. Mm-hmm. And, and honestly, Andrew, you've been down the road of venture capital in the past too, that yes. that's not always the mm-hmm. right way because when you have, you know, two mil in the bank, or you know, yeah. in the bank, it's other people's money yeah. and stuff. Like you are probably mm-hmm. overly aggressively trying to hire, um, and oh and, yeah, and doing mm-hmm. that before you've really even formulated and understood if like that's the best allocation of resource. And mm-hmm. unfortunately, like that's a really really costly. Those are costly lessons to learn a lot of the time yeah. because you'll oh, hire yeah. somebody on and you'll realize, oh wow, you know, everybody puts their best foot forward. Everybody gives the best mm-hmm. references. Their resume is shining and stuff like that, but you don't know what you don't know about them until you start working with them. And they may be great on paper, but then you just don't click. Right. So David, well, we, yeah. ta- we talked about like identifying people that get it right. And what yeah. it mm-hmm. is, is totally different for Andrew and you and me. And like, so mm-hmm. it's like, how do you, how do you define well, what what the personality type that you need even is? <laughs> I think it's just experience. You mm-hmm. know, it's like when I was, you know, uh, like a great example is like producing TV shows. You know, I have staffs of, it depends on the size of the show, but I've had staffs of a hundred people and, right. you know, or more. I've, I've produced a show we were doing for Fox. And I was managing a team. I was supervising post at this point on the show. And I had a team of, I think like 20 editors at one point on two different floors of a building cutting and building this giant network show because it was so massive. And it's just like, okay, you just have to jump into it. It's a lot like from what I've heard, I've never been in the military, but a lot like war or anything like you get into it and you have to be able to manage those people right there in the moment. Cause that's who you have. Right. These are the troops you got. Yeah. And it's it's all being like for that, like I would go through and like, okay, this guy is really good at these elements but he sucks at story. Okay, great. I'm going to have him do our super teases and all these other elements. And I would shift people and kind of, you know, I think any of this, it's an evolution. It's a, it's a constant, it's not just, okay, I have this and it's done kind of a thing. I think Mm -hmm. that's a recipe for disaster Yeah, because nothing's, nothing is consistent. Everything is always fluid and changing and, uh, and all that. And kind of Otis (laughs) and Britt in the chat. I see some people. Oh yeah. Hey, Britt's with us. Awesome. And Fotis. Love you, Fotis. Kisses. Uh, Andrew, (laughs) give us some, like, if you, if you can, I'm gonna put Andrew on the spot here for Mm -hmm. a moment. Put him on the spot. Let's just, yeah. (laughs) Like you're in charge of bringing it all home for everyone here, Andrew. Like give some concrete tips (laughs) for people that are bootstrapping. Like, cause what David's saying is absolutely right. It's like, it's experience that really gets you to where you need to be to understand Mm -hmm. what's working and what isn't. But in the context of, 
hires and people mm-hmm. that's really expensive to hire somebody and then fire oh, yeah. them and then fire, mm-hmm. find somebody new and all that stuff so if you're bootstrapped and you don't have the resources or maybe you're right on the verge of like okay i'm mm-hmm. ready to offload this but i want to bring that person in so obviously we talk about planning you know like yep. doing as much as you can to try to define as best as you can but then mm-hmm. identifying like like how do you how do you define like how much leash to give and and when sure. you know what hey this isn't working out probationary hire sure well yeah so I mean, there, there are a couple of different things but you know what one thing again that i would i would kind of go back to is, is is defining the key roles or the key seats um that you have on that bus and you know for the direction that you're going as, as david mentioned you know things are fluid and you know with experience comes this ability to you know, kind of go with the ebbs and the flows of, of the changing, you know, aspects of business. So, you know, one of the things that, that really got me early on, you know, was, uh, yeah, I just hired and, you know, you keep costs low, you know, you get young, uh, inexperienced people and you realize like, Hey, they don't have the experience to, you know, just kind of be let loose and then develop something or, you know, understand a problem that's happening and then work to correct that problem. They had to have constant management, constant direction. And ideally, when you're going in a direction, it's not someone that you need to manage because, again, that's just going to take away from your time. You're looking for someone that can multiply your efforts, not just add to your efforts, but truly multiply them. And those are the types of people that, you know, it's it has this this. for lack of a better explanation, I'll call it a little bit of like common sense problem solving where they can kind of, which is not so common. Exactly. What's, <laughs> yeah, I know well, they, where they can kind of predict some of the things that are going on. They understand the direction that the bus is traveling in. We might not know the end, you know, the end goal or the, you know, the overall destination, but they understand mm-hmm. the, you know, the direction and the, the bumps in the road, they see a pothole ahead. So you gotta, you're going to kind of have to like move out of the way or, you know, Oh, Hey, could we work on this or can we do yeah. that? Um, you know, so so I think it comes down to under first defining those key roles, um, yep. you know, who are going to be on that bus. Yep. And then from there, understanding or looking for those types of people that have this capability of, you know, I guess, forward thinking a little bit and saying, oh, hey, you know, th- this is what we need to do or this is what we could do to amplify our efforts even more. And mm. it's really it's all about finding those right people. Um, and yeah. you'll get it wrong and that's okay. And what, what happens is when you get it wrong, sometimes you don't have to fire the person. Maybe you need to reassign their objectives. Maybe find say, okay, Hey, yeah. You know, find, find their seat on that bus. Cause it's not the seat you had them in, yeah. you know, and, and just kind of, you know, make it work. Um, and it's okay if certain seats go unfilled for a time, understanding that you're going to have to take up the work of that job. Like yeah. as us as like solo founders or, you know, kind of partnership founders that are, you know, really small, we, we wear so many different hats and that's, you know, we have to do that to make it work. And so each, each time, you know, we add to our team, hopefully we, we have someone else that's capable of wearing a couple other hats uh, where again, we're, we're talking about a multiplication of your efforts, not just an addition. Sure. Yeah. And it goes to like what you're saying, like, I mean, it all goes back to, the hiring process and getting to know mm-hmm. people, asking good questions. Um, you know, I mean, this is for anything. I mean, out of any of the companies I've run or anything you're doing in general, even when you're working with different vendors and talking to people, if you have a meeting and you're meeting with a marketing department, ask mm-hmm. questions. And this is, I mean, obviously it comes from experience and time, but ask questions. They're going to elicit responses that are going to be triggers for you to see and be like, okay, now I know on this team, 
that we have mm -hmm. these three people and right. number two is going to be awesome. Number one is going to be a pain in the ass and number three will help support whatever we need. And then now you understand mm -hmm. what you're dealing with, but it goes to great also a, a great thing when you're interviewing people, like, cause it's like, you know, we have to do this ourselves. Like we're just going to go like, yeah, F, F it, you know, we're going to make the car as we're driving. Mm -hmm. and so, yeah, but that's, that's what that, it feels like. Yeah. Yeah. But part of that is also a question I always ask people and try to ask in interviews is what are your goals? Not here, but what are your goals in life? Are you looking to have a family? Are you looking to be an entrepreneur? Are you looking to start another business? Because mm -hmm. people try to tell you what you want in interviews when you're meeting people and yes. stuff like that. But if you can get around these goals and trick them up a little bit so they're more honest, then at least you understand, okay, well, this person wants to do this. Right. And then you know this position will have a certain longevity with inside that individual's career path, or it'll have a certain you know time length. Yeah. And then you can mm -hmm. better understand what to get out of them because it goes back to earlier what we were talking about putting expectations on others. Like it's not fair mm -hmm. to expect something out of sure. who is there to work a job and do the job and it's great, but you want all this other stuff out of them. Well, that's not fair because you hired them to do this. They said they can do this. Well, if you want all these other things out of someone else, don't put those expectations on them because you're going to set yourself up for failure because you're going to ask someone to do something they're not going to be engaged with. Mm. And that's problem let me so push mean, let me push back on you on that just yeah. for a second just de devil's devil, devil's advocate mm -hmm. a little bit because obviously there is some extent right like you are hiring somebody you are paying them to do a job it is work and work yeah. is, by definition is stuff that we don't always want to be doing right but i think <laughs> sure. uh if your, your point is well taken in that we as the business owner are going to want to obviously get as much out of somebody as we can we want as much value as we yeah. can get. And when you're saying like, look, when you feel yourself being frustrated and you can correct me if I'm overstepping what you're no, saying no, here, no, but when you feel yourself getting frustrated, like you, one, you have to dial back and, and frame realistic expectations and realistic understandings of what people's capabilities are. And that just takes a little bit of time and massaging and oh, yeah. understanding. And so obviously finding people that are asking questions on both front, you as the the business owner and and your people that are hopefully a good people, I always say are the ones that are asking questions and seeking clarity themselves. Yeah. Right. Because you're like, Hey, that's, that's trying, that's them trying to understand like, okay, how can I help yeah. you? And, and finding people that, that do that, you'd be surprised guys. Like mm -hmm. it's not common to have people that are like actually asking good questions about trying to understand where the bus is even going because no. they don't even mm -hmm. think of themselves as being on any bus. They're just going and punching in and punching out and doing their job. Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, yeah, it's, it depends if they want to be engaged with it or not. I mean, there's people I've worked with on shows and projects and things like that, where it's great. They came in, they did their bit. Awesome. But there's other people that hang around. They're like, Hey, what about this? What about this? And it's like, okay, I can see they're engaged with what I'm doing. So let's give them some more responsibilities. Let's open them up to new opportunities. Oh, yeah. what do you want mm -hmm. to do? And you get to know them. You know, maybe you start them at one role and it's good. But then as you get to know that person, it's like anything, like you moving them up, you know, wow, this person, he would be great as this. Let's, let's give him mm -hmm. some opportunity here, you know, and it's, it's really being patient and understanding. And I know a lot of this, you know, when you're starting a business, it's like, how do I even get to that point? Yeah. And mm -hmm. It is a lot of it doing it on my own. But what I've noticed is, is that element of it, like on a very, very small level is when you are starting a business, it's also those asks can be small from different people yeah like you can yeah. have people help out just you know for maybe a couple hours on a project or maybe just a little bit here or bounce ideas off people like start small and, and keep in mind the scale of what you're working on because right. if you ask someone mm -hmm. 
to come in and help you with something you're just starting up and they're gonna be like whoa this isn't ready for my level yet yeah yeah mm-hmm. that too that's yeah. that's another element on it and hi fix them dude um, you know, Car- Carl in the chat brings up an interesting thing, and we've we've heard yeah. this before, talking about interns, right? And so, oh, yeah, if you're thinking sure. about mm-hmm. dipping your dipping your toe in on, you know, finding um, stuff, and in, in California, I can't speak for the rest of the country, but I know in California, there's been a lot of changes to legislation in terms yeah. of like how you can. Mm-hmm treat interns and hi- what, you, what you can hire them in like you have to and obviously the difference between if it's a paid or unpaid i don't i think you can do both but there, there definitely has to be documented you know mm-hmm. that the majority of time is spent like training them and all this stuff so just because they're an intern doesn't mean you get to just go send them off to do your dry cleaning and all that yeah. stuff like you have <laughs> to be you have to be almost more committed to the teaching element of that too mm-hmm. which is very resource intensive so well, yeah, maybe you can save mm-hmm. a little there, but uh, th- there's that can be yeah. intensive. Andrew, have you had there's, any experience there's definitely... doing the intern thing? So, so we've partnered with a couple of universities um, in the in the previous startup where we had I think we got three interns and they were on stipends um, where we paid the university I think it was a nominal fee and you know that kind of covered the nominal student. fee. Uh, yeah, you know, prison it was fee. it was whatever yeah, they labor. whatever they yeah. charged, I can't remember. Yeah. Um, but we got them for, you know, I think it was like 6 months or 9 months. Yeah. And, you know, they also got college credit for it and uh, you know, we had to train them. Um it, it it can be helpful, but I would say that at the at the stage where you're bringing on interns, you're more than a one man show. You probably have two or three employees, yes. if not more, ideally more, because, you know, an intern, again, you can't just turn loose. You might be able to give them some direction and say, hey, could you figure this out? But it's not someone where you can just say, you know, here's a problem. Can you solve it? You have to kind of help yeah, you, them through you, that problem. You get what you pay for guys. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> you really do. Yeah. And as a, as a startup, I wouldn't, yeah. uh, I, I, as appealing as it seems from like a financial perspective, I wouldn't recommend it to anybody that's just getting mm-hmm. started because you just really don't realize how resource intensive it is to actually train them and get useful mm-hmm. work. Like I think there's better bang for your buck potentially elsewhere. Yeah. I don't know. David, you have thoughts on that? Uh, I've, I've had, so, um, Different shows and different programs and networks that I've worked with all have different intern programs. I mean, NBC's intern and page program is one of the best in the world. Sure. Um, NBC Universal and things like that. So we've worked, I've worked with very structured, but I've also worked with very unstructured as well, too, on the other side of that with other projects and companies. Sure. And I think with interns, it's really, I've also done a lot of work in education. So I've worked with a lot of kids at different ages. So interns, I work better, not better with, but I work well with because they're there to learn. They're there to do whatever. Mm -hmm. And if you can set up, if you have work that would benefit someone like that, like to learn, like something that's redundant over and over again, that's kind of locked in. And then if it goes Mm -hmm. sideways, you can fix it and you can shift it. That Mm -hmm. there is flexibility. It's like not super intense. Okay. Oh, you, you messed that one up. Okay. Well, let's learn from that one because you, you're there to help them. They're there to learn. It's a class. Right. I think Mm -hmm. if you have something with inside your business that allows that to happen, it's incredible resource because, you know, it's, it's the whole, um, you know, uh, apprenticeship element of it. Sure. Huge part of it. If, if they're passionate about this, like, you know, there's that element. I mean, Joel and I've talked about this before on 3d printing nerd. He didn't want to bring in interns. I thought it'd be kind of cool to do editors and stuff. But one of the things that he brought up, and it's a really good point, is that, you know, you're working with a intern on a generally a semester based schedule. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Unless you're like the summer intern program, which is way more involved. 
but the, uh, the that program. So you have someone for only a certain amount of time yeah. that yeah. you have to ramp them up, get them efficient, and have them have something beneficial out of it that also helps your business. And so, mm-hmm. and then you got to do it all over again the next cycle yeah, every single time. Be, mm-hmm. It has to be something kind of structured with it, and it was a really good point. So for three D printing nerd, it doesn't make sense for us to bring on interns, mm. and that's why we have you know some fantastic editors in different parts of the world or the U.S working with us on different stuff like that. And it's like, okay, cool. Cause I was thinking like, oh, we could bring on in- interns and in here and post and stuff. Cause I've seen it on a bigger scale and I thought about it, but after we talked, it, it didn't make sense for our structure. Yeah. Uh, you know, it'd be better to do what we've done now. And, and uh, Carl, I just want to make clear in the chat, I'm not uh, crapping on the idea of interns. Like, I think it's been said here, like, if, if your company has the resources, yeah. but you have to understand what David's saying, I think is spot on. You have to be able to put guardrails around it. Right. Because you you have to set your expectation like this is going to be what it is. And you're going to have to accept the fact that there's going to be turnover, more torn, turnover in that part, which is expensive. And you need curriculum developed. So it's like mm-hmm. it's not it's not just like somebody's coming in and immediately solving problems like Andrew's saying. So it's a little a little different when you don't have the resources and a department to like NBC's page program, I'm sure has like a bunch of full-time people that manage that whole thing and, yeah. and have a lot mm-hmm. of experience in doing the cycling and all of that stuff, which is fantastic. I love that. Um, yeah. I, I think it's just setting some expectations, right? Like if you're starting from square one versus if you're, mm-hmm. you know, an employee, a, a company of like, 20 people, 50, whatever yeah. it takes. Yeah. Andrew Smith in the chat asks about temp agencies. Do either of you guys have an experience Ooh. with temp uh, agencies? Yeah, I actually worked at a temp agency once. Hmm. Um, so I've had the experience of that. I did that in between some TV shows because not every show ends at the right time. And I was early on as an assistant, uh, production assistant, no, as an associate producer on a show. And I worked at a temp for like, it didn't last very long because my personality doesn't work in that space. Um, mm. But I've seen them before and they're very efficient, but it goes back to, you know, there's something you said and, and I'm, I'm echoing it in my head now because I'm thinking about this. I'm putting myself back, you know, as a small business, as someone starting a business, you know, the ethos of this podcast that you guys created here, mm-hmm. the one thing that you hear all the time is everybody else telling you, Oh, you should get an intern or, Oh, you should do this. Or you should do this because everyone sees these things. They're not involved in your business. They see, Oh, interns mm-hmm. are just doing this. And then you hear that all the time and you do this. So you start to like explore that and you start to second guess yourself. Think, Oh, maybe I should do that. Hmm. I think that's something else people need to realize too, is running your own business and just trying to do it on your own and just say, we're going to do this on our own is all the influence from other people that are coming in saying, Oh, here's a solution. Here's a solution. It's like, okay. Mm-hmm. And it really may be, it may it. be a solution, but you got to try mm-hmm. and you got to experience it. But your, your, your point is yeah. well taken. Sometimes it's just about mm-hmm. get, getting that experience and, and you know, you can take it for what you, what you can. Andrew, uh, thoughts mm-hmm. on, on, um, on. Yeah. Temps? So, so with temps, um, you know, it, it, it can be incredibly powerful if you have a specific job that needs to be done again, we kind of with some rails, uh, you know, that, that it's a redundancy sort of thing, or, you know, it's, oh, hey, we're making this widget. I need someone to fill this position, whatever it might be. Um, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with temp agencies, uh, but, you know, don't, I, I wouldn't say don't rely on them, you know, yeah. um, if you're going to use them, use them for what they are. They're, they're a temp agency for you to fill a position while you're finding for that right person, you yeah. know, just use it and understand like, okay, the work, this work needs to get done, but it's, it's work that anyone could in theory do. Yeah. Um, so you don't have to have the right person, but the pieces that you need the right person for you're saving, you're holding off on that until you get that person in. Yeah. Um, 
I remember you should build something with it. You should never structure around attempt being a solution. You should try to find so attempt mm -hmm. is to plug a hole. Yeah, yeah. or to, yep, to find exactly. something that just would be much better suited than you spending your time stapling a bunch of sheets together or whatever it ends up being. Yeah. It's uh, you know, as somebody that was a temp in the past and and stuff, I I know it it was oftentimes very mindless work and all that stuff. But that that was defined more as a me. I knew it was a means to an end. I just needed to go and mm -hmm. do something simple and repetitive, get paid for yeah. it, and move on. I wasn't expecting to be build other opportunities. Sometimes you get into experiences where you can get noticed and move to something else. Sometimes it's literally like this is for a month and we need it because like this is our peak season and then it's bye-bye. Mm -hmm. um, I know that as a temp, I, I recognize that the company, the people managing me appreciated the fact that like they didn't need me bothering them because I had enough going on. So it was, it was very like, okay, tell me what you need to do. What's helpful. I would do it. And try not to to be too disturbing and then when i'm done i'm you know i'll go ask and stuff like that but i know that i got a lot of appreciation out of the fact that i recognized like i wasn't needy about it yeah. but that's 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 defined very mm -hmm. very differently than mm -hmm. trying to find a partner or uh, or an actual hire um oh, yeah. and and these are all the different tools mm -hmm. that, at your disposal one of the other things i would i would say just kind of think a little bit differently i've been moving more towards investing a lot more time in networking and and doing things like we're doing here because you're never going to get as good of ideas as like those that you get from other people that are actually doing it and sometimes you find good partnership mm -hmm. opportunities sometimes you find like you know what you can just hire a contractor for that you don't need mm -hmm. to have that employee and and honestly when your resources are limited you need to get as much experience as possible with with mm -hmm. different people with different personalities with all that stuff yeah yeah, I mean, I come from the freelance world uh, in production. I mean, we hire people for a day or yeah, for yeah. a week, and they have to be able to jive with what you're doing. So that means you as the business have to have a structure that allows these people to exist in a productive manner. Yeah. It's like, mm -hmm. we'll be on a shoot and Joel will be like, I just want to kind of go loose with it and do whatever with it. It's like, okay, cool, let's do that. But in order for that to happen, you have to have the structure for that to exist. And it's the right. same thing for hiring mm -hmm. an employee. Yep. You have to be able to have a structure that's going to allow them to do it. Like when we were shooting at Formnext, we brought in Peter from Malta. You know, he yeah, flew in from cool Malta, dude. Germany. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, amazing guy. And we're going to bring him around for a whole bunch of other stuff and things like that. But we worked with him. And we'll better, let's take a step back. We flew to Malta. I never worked with any of these people. I've just been doing, you know, 7, 6 a.m. phone calls with them to do all the pre-production. Yep. Everything like that. I have, I don't speak Maltese. Ask Joe. I can I can do mela, 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 mela. And that's about it. That's my <laughs> like, whatever. But, um, you know, that's it. But all of a sudden I had to go there. I was dropped on an island. Yeah. And okay, David, literally is this massive budget and this massive production run it with yeah. all these personalities yeah. from wherever. And it's yeah. like, that's just kind of how it is. You have to work with these freelance people, but it comes, it all comes back to the structure of what you're creating as a business, whether it's small, big, whatever. You know, how is it going to grow? How is it going to, you know, what verticals are going to allow it to turn sure. into whatever? And how are you going to build that to allow people to fill it in? But obviously you've done that a, a number of times with different productions and oh, stuff yeah. like that. And and the fact that you have been able to experience so many different teams has allowed you to, one, define in your head, like, who who gets it in terms of what works with David mm -hmm. Tobin. And, yeah. and then it's, it allows you to potentially reach out and, and reuse the resources that you have. So oh, yeah. again, like finding ways to 
experience without having the commitment. Like freelancers mm-hmm. are fantastic for that stuff. Sometimes you're, you're going to be misses, but that's fine because it's like you do the project, you learn a little something, you go on to the next one. And then yeah. if you find mm-hmm. the people you love, you, you hold on to them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, yeah, we do have a question that's off subject. So with that, I want to answer, but I also want to answer Joe's pro- question too. Um, but yeah, with that, like with those people, like that was just it. It's like, I went out there and Peter and I, like for me as a director and an executive producer, having a director of photography that can pick up a camera, make things look gorgeous and ask me questions. Hey, what do you think of this shot? Hey, what do you want to do this? And be collaborative is a godsend. And it's very mm-hmm. rare to find someone who really knows how to, to do that. But it's like dating. It's like anything like you click and you click. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. the reason Joel and I have succeeded is because we get along on a level outside of that space and we share the same mentality and, and the same look. And so I, I get out there and all of a sudden this guy is like, Hey dude, what about this? What about this? And we're like being collaborative. I remember Joel even saying, he's like watching you two work. You were like in your happy place. And I'm like, yeah, there's someone right next to me who needs to get a job done that knows how to get the job done and wants to do it. And then all of a sudden, you know, here we are in Germany and we're planning other trips in other parts of the country because this person is now adding to the team. I've worked with tons of camera ops and DPs that are great at their job, but they don't jive and you may not want to bring them back or you want to use them for something specific. You, isn't it just the best feeling though, when you find the people Amazing. that go mm-hmm. your speed? Oh my God. I mean, yeah, like that yeah. whole, like you can look at the footage from there. I mean, you can see it was like great. And it, I mean, obviously you can mm-hmm. tell, but like it was just so effortless yeah. to work with them. And there was so much hustle. I mean, we shot an insane amount of stuff. There's another one coming out in a couple of days actually, or in a week or so. We have one, one last one from Malta that's really silly. That's, cool. uh, that's awesome. Yeah, it's really goofy. Wait till you see Joel. Uh, give, give a but, give a shot at answering uh, Joe's uh, question. Oh yeah, Joe's question. So uh, read it out for everybody. Questions. Yes. Yeah, so I have a bunch of three D printed violins. There is, if as far as three D printed, there isn't a program for those yet. I'm working on it with Music Forward at the moment right now and Mr. Holland's Opus. But if you want to mm-hmm. donate and getting stuff two instruments and things to programs, if you want to help out in that area, not three D printed violins. Uh, Mr. Holland's Opus is a fantastic charity. Um, they do amazing work. Um, it's named after the man, the movie, the whole thing. Yeah. You ever saw it with Richard Dreyfus? Um, it's all based on that, and so, it does great work. Uh, so, I so for those listening back, really quick, uh, uh, Joseph Podgorski, uh, uh, founder of uh, Project uh, Red, is uh, was asking. Um, David has a is a musician uh, has a. a quite a hobby as a musician, but he has a bunch of 3D printed violins. And Joseph was asking, uh, he noticed his violin collection and wanted to know if there was a good organization that provides um, uh, a means to give these away to mm-hmm. kids that are in need yeah, that are in, into music. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're in audio medium. Yeah, we're so, audio mode, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so yeah definitely. No and Joe, um, if you want to hit me up, I can always uh, get you some more information on that because I am actively working on a program in that space. So. Yeah. Awesome. So I know I know we're running a little bit long, David. I know, and I want to let you. I know you've got a ton oh. to do, so we, you know we'll we, we'll let you get back to it. But if if you've got a couple more minutes, yeah, we can I'm pivot. I've got one more mm-hmm. thing because we talked a lot about hires. We've talked about finding people that are, work well with you within here, but we really haven't focused on. And maybe there's a lot of overlap here, but fo- focusing on the vendor side or when you're like when you're. And I know you say you don't like to sell, but let's be honest, we're always kind of selling in some manner, whether or not you want to. 
use that word or not. When you're yeah. working with vendors, when you're asking other people to join you as a as a customer, like for example, you you went you had to do an immense amount of work to get donations for the stream you referenced at the top of the podcast, right? And so mm-hmm. when you're trying to get people involved in a project, right, and you're asking them. Uh, either to donate or to pay you guys. Uh, hey, look, I'm, I, you're pitching stuff all yeah. the time, right? You're mm-hmm. pitching stuff all the time. How do you, how do you, how do you, what are some tips and tricks you have for getting people on your side and, and getting them to move at your speed and understanding the, there is a time frame to it and all, you know, all the things that go along with that. I think, well, like using the, the live stream as, uh, I mean, the, the charity event that we just did for Seattle Children's on 3D Printing Nerd, that whole thing that we did our end of the year live stream, where we donated money to them. A lot of that is there's, like, there's a whole bunch of people that didn't get back to me in time. Yeah. And uh, part of that is I should have started this like months and months ago, but mm. life crazy, yeah. you know, yeah. starting now, I'm actually working with the year already. Yeah. Um, because I saw there was so much interest. I'm taking advantage of that now. Yeah. But I think you are selling. I look at it like not. I mean, this is going to sound. I mean, you know, the acronym like ABC. It's yeah. not it's not, mm-hmm. ABS, it's be closing, it's not ABS. Maybe. It's not always be selling. It's always be closing. Right. Right. You yep. know, always be, you know, closing. And that's that mentality of it. And for me, it's like I'm going to like I mentioned, earlier, I'm going to go do this really cool thing here. And if you want to come play with us, here's what we're doing. And if you don't, that's fine. I totally get it. And I think it's getting to a point in yourself mm-hmm. where you're okay with someone saying no. And it's like, you know, a, it, mm-hmm. I use the That's dating analogy point. a lot of times. It's like, you know, if you don't also a, a mantra I live by is don't ask, don't get. Like yep. if I, mm-hmm. you know, whatever, yep. like I've definitely thrown out numbers and project ideas to people that made like just crazy, crazy stuff. And they've said yes, but there's no way if I had never asked that, you know, so it's that element mm-hmm. of it when you're, you miss hundred percent of the goals you don't take a shot on, right? What is that? Yeah, Michael Scott. Yeah, yeah. Michael Scott. <laughs> yeah, Michael, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Michael Scott. <laughs> yeah, uh, but I think that's it. I mean, it's like when you're working with it and you're trying to get people to come along and you're trying to work on projects. You know, there's people I've I've messaged and you just don't get. We were talking about this before. Like I do a lot of follow ups. I think that's we we talked about this a bit on the call yesterday. A bit about that. That is so core to everything is I make a sheet mm-hmm. and I used to do this when I was, when I was starting audio Jack, I would go to conferences. I'd make a sign up sheet. And I tell everyone of this, like if you're at a conference, if you're at an event, get MailChimp's iPad app that creates an automatic list for you or mm-hmm. have a piece of paper and a pen at your booth and leave mm-hmm. it there. Mm-hmm. Make sure it's emails and that, and then follow up after the event with everyone. And then you, see who comes You told back. me that at earth like two or three years ago. Uh, and it's a mm-hmm. great tip. It's a great tip. It, it will it will make you so much happier because you'll have all this information. It allows you to go talk to other people, right. especially if you're like, oh, hey, go sign up. I'll get with you later or whatever. But then yep. once you have this data or once you're dealing with a company that you finally got a connection with, you know, send emails consistently, put it in your calendars, have a chart and be like, okay, I followed up this day, a month later, here, here, here. And there's people that I have after a bit, I'll just stop reaching out to them. And yep. there's other people that I will harass and hit every <laughs> I don't care. Like, I don't care. Like, you're going to, I don't care. You're either going to say yes or you're just going to keep ignoring my emails for the next 50 years. Yeah. And I've had people like, okay, we need to talk. You've been emailing me enough. Let's figure this out. Tenacity. I forgot your email. I'm sorry. It's been like three months. Let's get back in touch. I'm so yeah. sorry. Thank you for sending me a follow up. Because yeah. just yeah. like you said at the beginning, 
people have lives. We don't know what's going on with mm-hmm. at home with them, you know, this, that, whatever, something can get caught in spam. There could be a new filter, a new mandate. There's so mm-hmm. many unknowns. So you have to be this consistent business. Like I put different, I wear, I mean, we all say we wear different hats, yep. but I would literally like start a day and be like, I am in sales mode today. And I am just doing this. Even yep. all these other things that are happening. I am the salesperson today. Salesperson doesn't deal sure. with leads. Like he deals mm-hmm. with this. Yeah. So yep. the quality I mean, leads, the Glengarry leads. Yeah. You, yeah. you want, you want the good stuff. Um, dude, mm-hmm. I, you, it's so funny because it sounds like one of those small little things like follow up, right? Like duh, everybody, mm-hmm. but, but it is so, so crucial, um, to, yeah. to the process. And I think we, as I think a lot of people, especially makers, you know, don't feel like they're particularly good salespeople. Right. And, Mm-hmm. selling is what is going to make you successful. Like without selling. And I, I know you don't like the term selling, but it's like, we need customers. We need revenue in order to exist. And I think yep. the biggest yeah. failing, if I were to look at for just in my experience, and you can disagree with me in the chat if you want, but the biggest reason that most companies like don't succeed is because they're, they're so focused on developing product and doing awesome stuff. And they get sucked mm-hmm. into the, if I build it, they will come stuff. And yeah. that mm-hmm. doesn't work. You have to sell. You have to follow yep. up. Like you have to yep. build an audience. Um, mm-hmm. And and those things are not looked at. And we tend to avoid the things that we do not enjoy doing. Mm-hmm. And before you know it, and then you're you're coming up with all these excuses. Oh, I had competitors. I had all. No, it doesn't matter. People have competitors all the time. Yep. If you're not consistently getting in front of people and asking the question, taking the shots, following up, yeah. you're not going to make it. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. Is that fair, guys? I, I say that's perfectly fair. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I think so. I think also finding a way to gamify it, like looking at your list of things you have to do. And like I, I, I say I don't like sales and stuff. By the way, you're welcome, Fotis. I see you're out there. <laughs> you're welcome. Um, but uh the, uh, the element of it is, it's like, I, I, I know I don't like using sale. I hate like selling myself, to sell, selling something to someone. So what I started mm-hmm. doing is I started reconfiguring it in a different perspective. You're still selling, yeah. but it's like I'm creating a collaborative connection or I want to show sure. them an update. I want to do this element of it. And you're presenting stuff to them. You are selling. You're always selling because you're always trying to get revenue because revenue lets you do your thing. Yes. But I think that mm-hmm. element, like a lot of makers, like, that's the other thing too. It's really interesting. Is like being in Hollywood, in LA, you have you know what, five million people in the city, and you know half of them are in the creative industry. But you're also asking these people who are geniuses, like phenomenal musicians, to also be business people, and you're asking mm-hmm. people to do. And in the maker space, it's the same. Like I've met so many wonderful engineers and artists and scientists, terrible business people, starting <laughs> companies, and they're like, "Oh, I have to get here." And it's like that's not yeah. my skill set. It's like okay, you don't have to be a salesman in a three piece mm-hmm. suit. Yeah. But think about how you can get people excited about what you're doing because that will turn into sales. You don't have to be a salesman, mm-hmm. salesperson. Right. Yeah, not a businessman. I'm a businessman. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the uh, the you said it best at the top of the show. I think mm-hmm. it, it, you're absolutely right. What, you can call it what you want. It's some form. We're always selling ourselves, right? And but mm-hmm. but the way you framed it, where you're like, look, I'm going on this journey, and you mm-hmm. you can get on board if you want, because this is where we're going, and it's going to happen. And you yeah. have proven a track record of time of execution, right? And the more mm-hmm. that you prove that you can execute, the more people are going to mm-hmm. want to come along with you. That is the number one well way to sell to prove yeah. you can get it 
it done. Um, Mm -hmm. and, And that takes some reputation, that takes some time, that takes some experience. But... When you tell the story that way, it, you're, you're absolutely right. You're not selling. You're like, this is what we're doing, and you want to mm-hmm. be part of this party, man. Like, you you want to be in on this. Well, that's exactly it. What you're doing is, like, it also depends. Like, even if, like, someone says it's great if you have a product, if you don't have a product yet. But what you're doing is is now, now, now let's flip it on the reverse. Now, put yourself in, in the headspace of these other people, which goes back to empathy, understanding what your clients are looking for, where they're at. Also, paying attention is really boring, but paying attention to, like, PBS, NPR news, it's great, especially like marketplace on NPR and seeing where the markets are, where people are at, because then yeah, you understand, mm-hmm. oh, they work at this company, they're dealing with this stress coming in. Yeah. Like I had a friend mm-hmm. hit me up and he's like, dude, I want to get a job at NBC. I heard they're hiring. I'm like, they just did a bunch of layoffs. Now's not the time. Yeah. You know, it's mm-hmm. like understanding yeah. that. But what you're doing is you're mitigating risk for the people that are buying from you. You want to give them confidence. So they look at this and go, whoa, wait a minute. You know what? If I engage with this person, yep. it's making mm-hmm. my life. You're, you're solving mm-hmm. a problem. We talk about this all the time. Like yep. if you're solving a problem for people, you know, and it, and you're, it, whether it's, you know, you know what, you're saving them some time because they don't have to make their own, you know, a lot of times that's the, money. then yeah, that you're, you're saving them money. Like really like your, your, your ability to sell is your ability to take a problem off of somebody's plate or save them money or time doing something out time, which yep. eventually is, you know, money. And so Dude, I want to talk about something from my, like, People yeah. ask me all the time, like, oh, you know, I don't do traditional advertising. I don't I don't pay for Google ads or Facebook ads or all that stuff. Same here. Um, mm-hmm. And and I know a lot of people I'm not saying that 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 can't be a successful revenue stream. But when you want lasting customers and impressions and stuff like that, the word of mouth stuff, the the your stuff out. So I always love getting those photos from people on social media or emailed to me where they're like, this is my rep box setup and it's cool. And, and I can't tell you how much repeat business has come from like, Hey, I saw your box on Joel's wall or I saw it on David's wall or I saw it just having mm-hmm. it in the background and letting people ask the question themselves. Like, what is that? Right. They don't want to be sold to. They want to go mm-hmm. through that exploration and understanding like, Hey, that might be good for me. And so really the mission becomes like just getting in front of people. I say like, you don't have a sales problem. You have an awareness problem. Sure. You need, mm-hmm. there, there is so much noise in the world today. You need <laughs> well, yeah, to be like, able to get above, shout above the noise. Well, that's exactly it. like with audio, Jack. Like I, I don't try to sell it to anyone. I just have them listen to one. Like go download the app. Mm-hmm. It sells itself, right? You and know? after they're done, yep. they're like, oh my God. And then yeah, I didn't even I'll know about this, too. right? How many yeah, people tell you they didn't even know? Yeah, well, what yep. I actually did, so speaking of like Facebook ads, I mean, this might be a, a conversation for another time, but like using the ad stuff out there, if you do it in a creative way, it can be incredibly beneficial. I I got my first sales from AudioJack after I had the website up. This is a long time ago and I was still doing beta testing because so I knew there was no language barrier, a language barrier. I did ads in, uh, in European small cities in Europe where mm-hmm. I had no competition. Yeah. Right. No one else out there. It was obscure. And just to get people buying and testing and putting it out there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I cultivated that. And then I took that and I saw what they were engaging with. And then I used that for bigger campaigns. Yeah. I created okay. in markets and thing, And that was something I did all on my own. It was, it cost like nothing. It was a couple bucks for some ads and you can see, you know, the, tar- the targeting tools I hear mm-hmm. that Facebook has. And I'm, I'm not, I'm not Before crapping on that. Analytics. 
Yeah. Yeah. It was before Cambridge mm-hmm. Analytica. It's very different now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but anyway, uh, the, I'm I'm not saying that advertising in that manner is not necessarily beneficial. I'm just saying that if you're having to pick mm-hmm. and choose with limited resources, oh, and I how agree you're with you 100. Yeah, no, your product is stand at And what you said, like actual awareness and, and being out there in the wild and people doing it. Like I can go to an event with you know, audio jack or a show. I mean, that's why people advertise in LA, New York, Atlanta, Chicago for TV shows and not like, you know, Omaha, Nebraska or places because the people <laughs> there are, well, because like you're going to pay X amount of money, but the people there are going to tell other people about it. Right. And that's how yep. you get really good sales. Like me going like, dude, I've been using gloop nonstop over here and telling my other friends yeah. about it because it's a word of mouth mm-hmm. is the best yeah. advertising you're looking at is. me right now. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> but it's, you're it's hypnotizing it's a product that gets the job done. And it's like, mm-hmm. oh, here it is. And now it's a part of my world. People see it in photos and, mm-hmm. and stuff. And, and it like, smells oh, great guys. It smells great. <laughs> Yes. Yes. <laughs> Please don't tell people to smell it. Oh my God. <laughs> um, yeah. Listen, one. Yeah, but, but oh. I agree with you. I, I agree about that element. I mean, it's really, it, it really with anything, like, especially for makers, it's like, it sucks. I know it's really tough. Like, I'm completely honest, like, just heart to heart. It is so, so tough starting a business. Mm-hmm. After you're like a phenomenal designer, you're a beautiful artist, you're an amazing scientist, sure, yeah. and it takes decades to be that good at what you do. And yep. that is unbelievable. And now it's like, I got to do what? Right. I got to go learn mm-hmm. how to do business. I got to do yeah. ad revs. I got to do this. Oh my God, it's tough. But mm-hmm. it's like, break it up, make it smaller and do those things out there and, you know, well, that's a that's mm-hmm. a fantastic point because you know we, we what's the common saying? Malcolm Gladwell, the ten thousand hours to perfect something or whatever. So you think about how much yeah. you've invested in your maker skills over the time, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. you have to do the same thing because your business skills is a whole different set of skills. Just because you have this talent doesn't mean you're going to be discovered immediately. Like you have to yeah. be able to sell yourself, get yourself in front of your and that takes time and experience. You have to put in your ten thousand mm-hmm. business hours on top of your ten thousand professional hours and whatever your craft is uh that is so tough um don't give up you and you have to keep marching i'm glad mm-hmm. you said that that segues into what what i'd like to just talk about as my last piece which i think will will be a good thing for perhaps our <laughs> next episode yeah. and then we'll call it today on twitter just this morning uh i, I saw an article uh, uh arvid put out uh arvid i think mm-hmm. it's crawl forgive me if i don't mention that all right but it was a, it said literally like i give up i've tried and mm-hmm. and it's it was a hard read it resonated with me deeply because as a i think we can all vouch for having moments as entrepreneurs where we're just like wanted to throw our hands up like i give up and yet we have to keep marching forward and the article said, you know, like I tried three times. I wasn't, I don't know all the details. I wish I had more details on like what this person actually tried, mm-hmm. but it, I think it was great that we were seeing some stuff that wasn't necessarily through the rose colored lenses that we often see with social media, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, we're doing awesome. And here's our revenue and da 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 da, right? Like the struggle is real. Um, and the, I don't know the, the, the amount of effort that you have to continuously put in and, and times you have to get knocked down and all that stuff, guys, is just, it's, it's a lot more than I think a lot of people realize. Mm-hmm. And we talked at the beginning about like the, like cutting bait thing. And like, I know it's not really in the entrepreneurial entrepreneurial spirit to talk about 
when it's time to give up. I don't think give up mm-hmm. is right. I think it's mm-hmm. pivot, right? Well, I think, yeah. I mean, I, I read that article and that guy was institutionalized. He went through a lot of different stuff. Yeah, there was some mental but, health issues. Yeah, there's whatnot, a lot of other sure. stuff going on. Sure, sure. But like, there's, I don't know why this just popped in my head, but I'm going to say it anyway. So I don't know if you have even watched the show Silicon Valley. Oh, yeah, I love mm-hmm. it. Okay, I want so more of I, it. I was at a point kind of mirroring them with audio jack and i actually had anxiety from watching the show and i had to, it was so <laughs> real because also all the it's people in the show are also like legit tech people yeah yeah yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and i was i couldn't watch it but then i remember watching the beginning of the second season and it, so there good. was a scene where he they where he hopped in as like the fake uber driver to take that uh investor and like to pitch him mm-hmm. yeah and yeah, at yeah. the end of it the guy goes you did what he's and he's like well we're trying to do this and get this and he goes oh i'm sorry is it hard becoming a billionaire yeah like like that line resonates in my head it's like think about that sentence yeah billionaire mm-hmm. yeah millionaire mm-hmm. was it hard yeah yeah it's yeah, hard it's, it's hard. Really yep. hard it's like anything like you want to be in the nfl sure like you can talk yeah. crap about tom brady but you know what that dude is like a legend he has dedicated mm-hmm. his life to do that and there's only one of him mm-hmm. at that level like anything like if you want to do that it is not easy it is hard you are going to get beat up along the way it mm-hmm. is part of it you have to put parameters in your own life that you know mm-hmm. to pull back on, to find those healthy spots on it, find those things, you know, is it music? Is it exercise? Is it, you know, is it reading? Is it taking a nap? Is it yep. huffing gloop? I don't <laughs> know. Huffing <laughs> gloop. I hope not. Kidding. By the way, if you're listening to ever, do not do that. It's not bad. It yeah. is horrible. Don't do that. <laughs> one, of, one of the best quotes I ever got from a, uh, the closest thing to a mentor I have here was saying, like, as a, as a business person, as an entrepreneur, you have to learn to love the taste of your own blood because mm-hmm. you are literally going to get punched in the mouth like a million times and you have to just keep getting back up again. And it is that moment, the darkest before the dawn, all that, like the, the moments mm-hmm. that you say, like, this is hopeless is like right before you, you know, you have your next breakthrough. So yeah. a little mm-hmm. taste perhaps of things to come, guys, a little teaser for something in the new year. I would like to dig in on that topic more because it's yep. not Great always point. rainbows and butterflies and unicorns and all that good stuff. Um, mm-hmm. but, uh, there, there's lessons to learn in the failure as well. And I think that we, uh, really need to, to be real and to dig in on a little bit more of that. So tune in in a future episode for more. Let's do it on yeah. that. Yeah. There's a lot there, mm-hmm. especially in the mental health space, man. Listen, man, mm-hmm. uh, I, I gotta thank you one for staying on extra long with us. And yeah. two, you know, it's always yeah. a pleasure, man. I could talk with you all day on, uh, any number of topics, but, uh, <laughs> I wish you, uh, a, a happy Hanukkah, a happy holidays, whatever um, holiday you're celebrating, guys. I, I hope that you have a safe and fun and enjoyable. Take some time for yourself. Get relaxed. Get your head right. You know, whatever you need. And we will see you in 2023 for more Maker awesome. That Money. Until then, I am Pooch from Repcord. Andrew? I'm Andrew from 3D Gloop. David. Oh, hi. I'm David uh, from uh, Audio Jack and 3D Printing Nerd. Thanks for having me on. Happy New Year, guys. Happy New Year. Ha- Merry you. Christmas. Happy New Year. Happy holidays to all. Take care, Happy guys. Holidays. See ya. Bye. Bye.